Hello, my name is Eric Kulik, and I've been cross-dressing to religious meeting houses of all sorts while standing for the marginalized and underrepresented and advocating for critical thought. I started cross-dressing to services on MLK Weekend 2013 because of some death threats received by Mormon women who had started an event called Wear Pants to Church Day the month before. As a result of my cross-dress visits, I was assaulted by Mormons and banned from all LDS church property and was excommunicated from the church while sitting in jail for trespassing and interfering with police charges, which were dropped by the DA after I released the audio recording that I made before getting assaulted and arrested. A googling of cross-dressing Mormon will produce the audio from that day. My Mormon wife abducted the kids as a result of this excommunication experience, and her Mormon lawyer helped her by telling her she was free to leave, even though the judge had already reopened the case to set aside the divorce. I'm currently embroiled in a legal battle for custody of the children as a result. I've decided to release the audio from all my visits to religious communities one by one in order to expose these common practices by the church and its members and to share my other experiences as I continue to do traveling ministerial work from one religious community to the next. Fortunately, most of the religious communities I've visited have been rather nice, so hopefully these visits will produce positive results as I continue to advocate for critical thought regarding all forms of dogma, especially political. I have set up a donation button at http colon forward slash forward slash e m as in michael k u l i c k dot wordpress dot com forward slash about and would greatly appreciate any support as I continue to cross-dress the churches and advocate for equal treatment of all under the law. The following is a recording of my first Pentecostal service, which was also my second religious service of the day. It happened to be a men's service, but they were unfazed by my cross-dress appearance and welcomed me in nonetheless. The program consisted of praise music in the beginning and concluded with a sermon on prayer. I had the opportunity to share some of my experiences with a bunch of the folks beforehand, and following the service I was able to question some of the things that were shared during the sermon. Even though the congregants were insistent on the importance of belief in Jesus as one's Savior, they made sure to reassure me that I was welcome there any time. Eric, nice to meet you. It is now. Yeah, it's a great place. Um, grew up in Long Island, but born in Seattle, so I've kind of always had something in me to get back to the Northwest. And Oregon isn't the same thing as Washington, but they're they're close cousins, I'd say, as far as states go. And it's a, you know, it's nice to be in an area like this where you've got such wonderful, like fertile, moist valleys and. I don't know, I enjoy it. I, you know, I spent some time in Utah a few years there, and it's pretty nice what they've been able to do with it, but with the way the climate and everything's changing, I think uh, this area is one of the few places that are going to actually be fruitful areas to, to survive in, so I'm glad it's sustaining anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy it here. I, I actually love Salem quite, quite a lot. How long have you been in A couple of years. Yeah. I'm a law student. I've started something called cross Christian Church Day, which accidentally fell the first one on MLK weekend, uh, but I started it in response to uh, these women uh, in the LDS church called, they had a group called Wear Pants uh, to Church Day, which they got death threats over, which, you know, I'm kind of a little bit disturbed by the fact that women in the, you know, 2000, you know, teens are 
getting, you know, like death threats over pants, like being an issue. And so I decided to start just going to churches generally, all different kinds. Um, I was raised LDS by a, a mother who was raised Catholic, then became born again, then converted to Mormonism. She ended up meeting my dad who was Jewish and converted to the church, quitting smoking two packs and drinking Carlin Royal regularly. Uh, to join the church and adopt us and so yeah yeah so my I'm well I'm it yeah I'm just I'm trying to make a yeah I'm trying to make a whole kind of I don't know I'm trying to draw attention to issues that I found within religion generally uh, and politics too because I feel they're kind of like uh, very related cousins they're just kind of here now or the hereafter in the sense of like our idols you know it's the way that we defer to, you know, others and everything, because thinking about life and religion and politics is a, is a, it can be a daunting thing, there's a lot to think about, and, and to try to figure it all out, it's hard to do it on your own, so it's nice to have people who can help you seek out wisdom over the history of, you know, his, you know, human records and everything, and all the different scriptural things, whether they're factually written or not, I now am realizing that the Book of Mormon most likely was just something that Joseph Smith made up, but I still, when I read it, I get some of the kinds of things that I get out of the Bible from, like, in the sense of, like, the, the ideas of the wisdom of, like, you know, like, Joseph Smith at one point counseled against secret combinations. Unfortunately, he repurposed masonry rituals and brought those in, and, you know, that's, it kind of seems a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to get too drawn. I just, I just, I'm here, and I figured a little time to explain myself a little bit. I'm, I'm Eric, I, but I've, I've kind of realized how much important, for, for me at least, the, the community aspect and the, and the seeking out wisdom and learning and trying to have a good moral code. I, I appreciate that about re religion. I just, I find it odd when belief is something that's required even. Like, to me, I know it's not as big of a deal as, say, you know, like the LDS Church, they require tithing and compliance with part of the word of wisdom, which is originally written as a greeting, not a commandment. It even starts off saying that. Well, here you, first, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, okay. That's re that's reassuring. And then if you, do, if you don't pass out, <laughs> right? And, and the thing, I mean, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of different. At least growing up on Long Island, I've met a lot of different kinds of people. And even though I was raised LDS, I was I was no, I I'm I get I get I get most most people. I I I like Jesus. I don't know who he is in relation to me necessarily anymore. I used to think I absolutely knew, but that's, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with that because. If there's something waiting for me at the end of it all, and it's it's nice and pleasant, and I get to be with folks that I like, great. If if there's not, then I'm I'm not gonna sweat it. You know what I mean? Like, great. If there's someone out there who's looking out for me, I just to me, I personally just find the whole concept, the need for an atonement, disturbing and strange. Like, why a, why a deity would set something up where you needed to sacrifice someone to to, to have that? To me, I appreciate if it really is tr the truth. That that happened, and, and I mean, I, if, if Jesus really went out of his way to that degree, I'm thankful. I'm, I don't want to go out of my way in any way to try to, like, tack on whatever. I don't, I don't get the idea of sin, because to me, sin seems like these things that can stick to you that will, that will weigh you down. And I, I, I mean, while I understand the concepts of repeated behavior can produce habits, and so trying to be aware of, you know, just, be, you know, being mindful of practice. I mean, that's, that's Buddhism, too, though. I mean, Eastern philosophy, Jesus was teaching Buddhism and, and 
and and that was in 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 I I I and I and I want and I want all the I went and I got to talk to I go every first Sunday is fast and testimony yeah, I just got to go to a religious uh, service uh, for the Mormons up in up by Lancaster Mall Center Street area over there. And they eventually kicked me out because I was, I mean, they, they, they actually saw a guy came up from the congregation and like, yeah. was like, all right, you're done. And I was like, okay, like, huh. thanks. And I, and I understand how different congregations do. And I'm not trying to disturb people. I was like, all right, thank you, you know, okay. Well, since, since but they have fast the testimony were, meeting. And, and so it's like, it's kind of a. That I already went on, I'll tell you what mine did. Okay. I thought I knew. Sure, I thank you. Yeah. Rock it was, right? of uh, comparative religions and just looking at everything, including science and personal experience, all of it. You just got to be honest about what's out here. The actual end of it is, yes, there's a God. Maybe. I'm just telling you. Uh, it see, this, this is, this is something you cannot, and it doesn't matter. I don't need to know. You'll Maybe there out. is. You'll find out. If, if I, I'm most likely to find out on some other plane of existence... Yeah, well, we don't. To me, I'm not worried about because you want to know why? Because I'm not seeking glory. I'm not seeking eternal riches. Excellent. Excellent. See, this is the problem I have with. I, I, I got to go to a Jehovah's Witness service for the first time recently. This is my first. I've never. I don't know. Is this world Christian? I don't. I've never. Been, is this like a non-denominational? I don't. Okay. If you read the Bible. Okay. I've read it numerous times. Okay, yeah. So the Book of Acts. Okay. When the Holy Ghost fell and the people said, "Those guys are drunk." Is Pentecostal, you say? I knew a woman from Honduras. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've never been to a Pentecostal Here's service before. Okay, I, I, yeah. I've ne so there's there's a whole bunch yeah. of different services there. that I haven't been to. I mean, I've there, been to there's, some. There's, there's I've never been to a Lutheran service. Tens of thousands of different denominations. Here. Sure. I want to go to, I mean, not even just Christian. I want to go to mosques. I want to go, to, I've already been to the Sikh. I actually, the first church I got to go to when I first moved here was actually the Sikh temple up on that Oak Hill Road. Uh, well, yeah. since you're on a quest for truth. I'm actually just on a journey. I'm not really on a quest for go. truth. Because to me, the, the, to, 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 to try to define something that I, I have no way of really fully defining ever, why, why is there like, an, I mean, the idea of a perfect being doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Jesus, Jesus himself cursed a fig tree. He disobeyed his parents. He kicked over money changers table, which at, least, at the very least shows a temper tantrum, which is not God-like behavior. Oh, exactly. Right. He was. He even went and ran around as son of man. To me, that's. I mean, we're all son of men and women. Like that's. That's the reality of it. In the same way that you and I are talking. But why do we have to have something to, to like? To me, he said, "Love all." You see, okay, the first and second commandments. The second one subsumes the first because love all equally. Should if there is deity, then love deity. If there's deity, if there's not deity, then it's not. It's not going to miss it because it doesn't exist. Well, that's why I want to actually take. I want to take this. Beyond. I'd love to actually eventually get to the point of like getting some of the like some of the people, whether members or clergy or you know whatever of the churches that I get to. Visit. I want to go. I want to visit every single religious meeting house in Salem, at very least, because I live here. I walk every. I've walked from from Portland to Kaiser through Oregon City on Palm Sunday weekend, and then less than a month later, just this not this Monday, but the previous Monday, I got to go from South Salem, right around here, just a little north of here. To Eugene, I walked in three days. I'm going to do Logan to Salt Lake, which is an 80-mile trip. Hopefully, at the end of the summer, sometime, and try to within a couple of week time do it even more compressed. Go to Fort Collins to Denver. I mean, I'm looking at. I mean, Jesus walked around everywhere, and so for me, I'm I'm looking to like whoever Jesus is. This is the great irony of it for me. Is is that that like I 
Jesus has always been the being that I've always looked to, even as a child, because I was, even though I was raised Mormon, we, we believe in the concept of Jesus, even though a lot of Christians don't want to believe that. It's, yes, there might be different ways of seeing and thinking about Jesus, but even Christians to Christians have different ways of seeing Jesus. So that's kind of disingenuous to call someone not Christian just because their view of Jesus is different. But I don't know. But then, then the guy got up in court of Paul, actually, afterward. That is contradictory. I, I'm sure. All right. So I even got to go to refer Jehovah's Witness for the first time, which was really, it was, a, it, it was kind of like going to my own church in some way.
want to <clears throat> show up and say, God, this is what you're going to do for me because, well, I don't think so. Who are you? Well, I, I'm the guy talking to you, God, and you're going to listen to me. The only prayer that God will listen to you on demand, on cue, is a prayer of repentance. Prayer of acknowledgement. And we've all had to get to that point in our life. Say, God, I have got to have you. Right. I'm tired of me, I'm tired of life, I'm tired of how things are, and I am here to, and prayer is humbling because it acknowledges we are in need of something greater than we are. Get to that point, we can humble ourselves before God. He's going to hear our prayer. He will forgive our sin. Without a prayer of forgiveness, your sins are not forgiven. Yeah, he asks him to forgive you, he will. That's his job. Okay? That's who God is. That's what he's about. He will forgive. Card blunt, he will forgive. You want to argue with him? He'll forgive you. Isn't that awesome about God? Amen. Now, your wives aren't that good. Because that's, that's not your job. You're in a relationship with them. You see, that, that's the difference. Right? And so, so, without a relationship, we have no right to the depths of God. And uh, we won't get them. Nobody ever does. But when we begin to walk with Him, we begin to honor Him. Begin to soul search ourselves. We begin to humble ourselves. We begin to live a committed life. We live a relational ship life with God. Sins and habits that we know are grievous to God are gone. Relationship. And I will just kind of jump back and forth through this tonight. You know, things that would be grievous to your your wife and you in a relationship would be you dating other women. That would be grievous. Your wife, as sweet as she is, is not going to understand that. No, honey, that's all right. I understand. No, she don't understand. She's not about to understand. And so God doesn't understand when we just take a break from we just take a break. So I'll see you next Sunday, God. It's not going to work. Relationship. Every day is a relationship. I'm married every moment of every day. And I don't get to take a day off from God, from, from my wife, and just do what I want to do. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because I have a relationship with her, and I want to work on that and keep it alive. I have an obligation to do that. In our walk with God, the difference between prayer and prayers is how diligent you work on your relationship. If you are just cold and stoic and you don't care, God, I'm here and you don't dislike it anymore, but, you know, and you can get by with that in your house a little bit. You can have a bad relationship will look at you and say, you know, I'm just going to leave him alone today. No honeydew jobs today. No nagging today. I'm just not going to nag today. Uh, why? Because she senses where you are. And 
she has those kinds of moments in her life, you need to be able to sense what's going on in her life. That, be, that comes out of a relationship. The nice thing about God is he does never have a bad day. He never has a bad moment. He, ever, he never just has to vent. Isn't that great about God? Yeah, he doesn't have to vent. He doesn't, you do not walk into his house and he doesn't stand there with, a, with his hands on his hips saying, look, we've got to talk. What do you call the great flood? That's not relationship. 
love and trust the kingdom. And I don't care how bad of a day you're having and how angry you are, God is never, ever angry in the same. He's not ready to smack you back if you smart off to him. That's a good thing about God. Because I've been smacked back all day. Very true. Ever just go and try to fuss at God? He doesn't fuss back. He doesn't say to you, "You say that one more time, I'm out of here." Not God. He has a commitment to life. He has a commitment to people that we can find in prayer. You know, if I just to kind of keep breaking this down, working on this thought a little bit, you know, your neighbors and your friends don't have the right. What your family is about and what you want. And how would you feel if you come home and your neighbor is standing, you know, at your refrigerator going through it? You know, you're going, okay, man, what are you doing? Well, I, there wasn't anything good in my fridge. I thought I'd come over and check it. People get shocked for things like that. Yeah. They, you know, they're hunting around your closet. So, well, I need something to wear today. I'm just, I'm not happy with what's in my closet. I'm just going to come and keep. Yeah. You, you don't mind if I take this shirt, do you? You know, matter of fact, I really do mind if you take that shirt. Uh, why? Why would they? Why would that be a problem? Because they don't belong there. They're not in that level of relationship. If they knock at your door and say, you know, I, if you've got some clothes that you're not using, I, I need some clothes. That's different. Right. Mm -hmm. That way, yeah, hang on a minute. I got some stuff I can give you. But if they're in your house going through your stuff saying, you know, I just needed to help my wardrobe out. Don't have that right. Somebody else's kids don't have the right to go into your kid's house, go through your kid's closet and, and just say, you know what, I'm going to take this home with me today. I'm sure it's okay. No, it's not okay. You don't have that kind of relationship. But your kids don't have to ask to get in your refrigerator. Oh, I did when I was a My dad showed us. Maybe. They didn't have to ask. My kids come over today. They're grown and, and they have, have their own houses and their own families. Uh, they don't even have to knock on my door. They do sometimes, and then others times they say, hey, I'm here. So uh, that's okay for my kids. My neighbor guy better not do that. <laughs> hey, I'm in. Who? You're going to recognize that voice. Why? Because I have a lifetime relationship with those. You come in, what? You got a Coke? You got, you got what? I'm thirsty. What? Well, they don't ask. They just go. Okay? Because that, that's how life is. And so when we come around God, how do we act with God? Level our relationship. Do we have a relationship enough to walk into the presence of God and have a right to do that? That's a problem with prayer. We don't have a right to be there, but we act like we do. So we say good words, good things, and we call it prayer. And that's, is it, that's just, that's not what prayer is about. Prayer about is about getting answers from God. Mm -hmm. Prayer is about knowing I'm on the right track. Prayer is, is coming into communication.
sometimes praise, we sing praise songs, we sing them tonight. More power, more love, more of you in my life. Okay? That's praise. God, I want to have more of you in my life. I praise you. I honor you. I worship you. I thank you that you're my God. I thank you that you've redeemed me. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your name. I thank you for your blood. I thank you for Calvary. I thank you that you gave your life for me. Praise, praise, praise. Pours out of us. Praise for God. You can't praise God enough. Your adjectives and your sentence structure run, runs out long before the praises that are due God ever begins to subside. Because there is no, there is an inexhaustible to, to praise God enough. When you begin to worship Him, your worship is limited to your experiences. You worship God for how He is, how great He is, and what He's done in your life. You begin to worship Him and you begin to magnify Him. Only God can forgive me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Yeah. Thank you for cleansing my mind, my soul, my body, my being, God. And we worship Him that way. And we, we magnify His name and we exalt His name. And that is not prayer. Those are praises and those are worships. And they're all good and they sound religious and, and they sound prayerful, but that, that there's a difference. That is far different than saying, that, that's like dating. You date somebody and you date them uh, because you say nice things about them. You don't, you don't, you don't want to date somebody and you say, you know, you're just kind of ugly, but I'm going to go out with you anyway. <laughs> you're not really my ideal, but you know, let's go hang out. You know, that's really going to really have a great relationship. you got, you got a few flaws that I'm not really happy with, you know. But, uh, but let's, let's go out. I'm just going to get a little blunt here tonight. It's like, you know, I, you're kind of ugly, but, but you know, I'd like to make love to you anyway. Like, Wow. Isn't, isn't, this is really what I've looked for all my life. Don't you think that's what the woman's going to be thinking? Wow, man, this is my lucky night. No, it's not your lucky night. No, it's not. Come on. Come on. It, it's like that with God. You know, God, I haven't been living right, but will you just for one night love me like I belong here? And you know what he'll say? No, I won't do that. You want to get into my presence? You want me in your life, then we're going to get past repentance, repentance, repentance. We're going to get into life change and walking with me. That's where prayer comes in. That's when you're able to say something to God that makes sense. That's when you're able to say, God, I am in a situation in my life and I have absolutely no way out of this and I need your divine and you belong there. Yeah. And you know you belong there because God answers that prayer. Yeah. At your request. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you know you are walking in some level of relationship. Uh, it was a, a cute little story. Uh, you know, it's not really a story. And, and uh, I just will just state this. I... There was an incident shortly, not long ago, where somebody died. And the person wanted, you know, they just went in and they laid their hand on them and said, in the name of Jesus, get 
that's nice. I don't know if that's full of faith, that's full of perhaps knowledge. And of course nothing happened. Nothing could happen because there's not that kind of relationship. When God's going to help you raise somebody from the dead, He's going to give you the authority over death. He gives you authority over death because He can trust you with that kind of authority. And it comes out of walking with God, hearing His voice. And if you've never heard His voice, just to try it, you know, it's kind of fun. You know, okay, live. I mean, I've done that. I, truly, I've done that. I've been in the hospital, people have died, and I have, you know, just said, you know, because. The way that they do that, and everybody that's ever done it, they say, you know, death, take your hands off this person and, and let life come back in them. Okay, well, you can memorize somebody else's prayer, but until you have the relationship with God, and that's what He wants at that moment, and you know it, they're just going to already stay cold. And so, when, when we have a, we have worked with our Lord, and we have worked on our life, and we walk into the presence of God, you have to decide, is this a praise day, a worship day, or am I going to get anything that I need? And, I mean, it's like, you know, another example is just go into a bank that you have had them foreclose on you, or had something repossessed, and say, you know, I'm feeling like I like, to, I like this bank, and I'd like to borrow some more money from this bank. And they're going to say to you, we're sorry, we just can't do that. Well, I made, you know, over the last several years, I made several payments to you. Well, yes, that's all well and good. However, there is something called a pattern. There's something that's called trust. There's something that's called consistency. There's something that's called a credit rating. There's something that, that you can look at your record and see, hey, you belong here in this loan office. Otherwise, you don't belong in that loan because you don't have the reputation that goes with your need. And so, if you, if you have a reputation that goes with their need, with your need rather, and you have made your payments and they've been on time and they haven't been 15 days late, 25 days late, and then on time and 30 days late and 45 days late and catch them up and say, you know, would you put them on the, on the back end of this loan and yada, 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 and all the things about that. Uh, if it's all been well, you can just sit down with confidence and say, you know, I'd like to restructure this. This is where I'm going to go. Uh, and you know you belong there because you have the credit score that goes with your need. That's a good feeling. If you have ever had a bad credit score and you've got it back, you want to make sure you never get it bad again. You work on those things. And if you don't know what your credit score is, it's not because you don't want to know. You know, it's one of those things. It's as well, I can ignore this and I must be good. <laughs> no, it's not necessarily good. You do have, there are programs that, and I belong to one called LifeLock, I think it is, that LifeLock gives me a credit score every three months or something, I forget what it is. And, I've got the emails, you know, this is your free credit score. And then you try to get it, and you have to fill out 15 pages of information. And that always makes me a little bit. But when it's free, it's free. Or if you bought it, of course, how many figured out that there's really nothing really free anywhere, right? right. So, I mean, they may not charge you for it, but, but the right of you getting what you want, a 
just puts you wonderfully on somebody else's market list. So there's nothing really free about that. And so you know, when you start looking at your, your credit score and you, and you say, you know, I, mean, I know where mine is right now, and it's, it's, the, it's the number of one of the largest airplanes that fly, and, and uh, that says the top is 815 or something like that. that God has ever had 
we can do all kinds of things in life. We just stop sinning. We stop walking after the flesh. We can't, we stop demanding the things of the flesh. We learn what is legal with God. We learn what, what the rules are with God in our relationship with Him. And uh, away we go. My, my wife and our, my relationship is such that I don't have to beg her to go play golf. I don't have to beg her to go fishing. I don't have to beg her to let me do something. That's not my kind of relationship with her. Uh, I, I know her and what she has planned because we have a relationship. And I if when I see that my schedule is going to mess with what she is, wants, I, my life, I want to help her. I don't want to go fishing on that day. I mean, I may want to, but it's not as important as that relationship. And I don't feel I've got to beg her to kiss her. Please. God, I have a kiss. All right. One. Isn't that sweet? That's hot stuff, you know, people that see these beautiful women in the world as a man, if I could just, if I could just hug her one time, what, what would that do for me? If I just kiss her once, yeah, yeah, you know, it's going to be over. And she's going to go, yuck. <laughs> or you're going to go, yuck. I don't know what's going to happen, but the fact is, that's not relationship. You can go all, all the rest of well, I kiss whoever, well, Wonderful. What does that make you? It really makes you an idiot. Well, you walk with somebody for 40 years and you walk through for, through good times and bad times and happy times and poor times and, and, ha and sad, sad times and, and lean times and, and you're still in love with each other. Now you've got something going. That's what God does with us. Because He's the same. He never changes. He's always place of having everything. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're never the place where we have everything. If we had everything, we wouldn't know how to act. But he knows how to have everything. And we, you know, we have a relationship with this God that he wants us to be able to come into his throne room because we belong there. Not because we're ticked off on our neighbor and I'm just going to go there and kill his dog in prayer. Not God kill his dog. <laughs> That's not relationship. That's not what relationships do. God's not going to come and take us out for a weekend or a special meeting. Or when we're really sad. What are we, what are we doing every day? Every day we're bragging on him. That's why, that's why praise is important. That's why worship is important. That's why his word is important. Let me tell you something. If you're not reading his word, you are missing life. You've got to read the word of God. If you're not hearing the word of God, you're missing life. You've got to hear the word of God. You've got to read it. You've got to hear it. You've got to ingest it. You've got to get mesmerized by his word. And, uh, and so, in prayer, this church, we need men Know how to pray. I don't know how to just praise. That's a relationship where they can go 
church on Sunday morning. We've been praying starting at 9 o'clock. I, I, I talk to the ladies about it. I talk to the youth about it. Uh, I'm talking to the men about it. And uh, every Sunday morning, we just open at 9 o'clock to about 10 minutes to, uh, or 9.30, sorry, 9.30 to about 10 minutes to 10. Uh, there's some people that are practicing that can't be there. There's some people that are, you know, they're, they're in prison uh, services and they can't be there. There's some people picking up people that can't be there. It's not a mandatory prayer time, but what I want are people that have the ability to pray that have the time to be there. We're going to pray over the service. We're going to pray the anointing of God. We're going to beseech the Lord for the people that sit on these pews. We're going to see the change in people's life. Why? But it's not that we need to show up there to say, get right with God. We need to be right with God when we walk in there. We've been walking with yeah. Him all day. We come in there in His presence. We begin to beseech the Lord and begin to talk to Him about the needs of this church, the needs of this city, the needs of the things that we are involved in, and we just begin to talk with them about it. Because we've been right with yeah. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you're not filled with the presence of God, your prayer over there is going to be different. Your prayer will be trying to get right with God. We need people who are right with God, living for God, that can talk to God and It's a level of prayer that's really needed. When things are in disarray, God, what about this? We can lay our petitions before Him, and He answers them. God cares about your needs when you're in a relationship with Him. If you're not in a relationship with Him, He cares about your needs that will get you in a relationship. That doesn't cut anybody off. But we can't have people travailing that aren't even living for God. Other than the travail is for, for God. And so what you want is God to call you to a certain manner of prayer. And when we have an opportunity, like on Sunday morning, or what in your in your week and in your days uh, of prayer, that, that you're not praying your hobby horse prayers. And uh, that's, that's kind of good when you don't have anything else to do. But the fact is, there are needs that God wants us to pray for. If He can get anybody's attention, He will have somebody who belongs there praying over something. You see, and I, I'll try to wrap my, my thoughts up here in just a couple of minutes. Most People pray reactionary things. They pray over something that's happened. The people who walk with God pray before something even shows up on the screen. You want God to make a way for you. You want God to preserve you. Anybody can pray over the fact that, that your health is shot. What about praying before health issues that God would give you divine health? How about praying that God would touch the ventricles of your heart and the veins and the capillaries of your body and touch your liver and touch your lungs and touch your, your uh, kidneys and, and keep you healthy? And God, if there's, any, if there's one cell of cancer in my body, would you take 
when everything is going well, your finances are flowing, why not pray, God, what do I do with this excess right now? I need your blessing on everything I do. I've got this in my hand today, God. What do I do with it? God dumps a bunch of money in your hand. The first thing you want to do is not money to Best Buy or Lowe's. The first thing you do is you find an altar and you say, God, what is the purpose of this money? Thank you. 
something dies at its root, you don't notice it in a tree for weeks, maybe. Maybe months before it looks like it's sick. And the next day they saw that it was dried up from its root. Its root. That's the illustration that brought us to the point this morning in conclusion of the, of the message, the fact that God wants us to have faith in God. Have you, you want you want some power with God, you have to have faith in God. You have faith in God because you have a relationship with Him. If you have a relationship with Him, you can go to Him knowing that, that you don't have to back up to God. You don't have to back up for anything. You just go, God, this is where I am. When He invites you into His presence, something's going to happen. Otherwise, we get to walk with Him in the beauty, holiness, and the kindness and peace. Pass it all understanding. He's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. He's that kind of a God. When we work on our relationship. That's my story. I'm going to stick to That's prayer. That's prayer. That's, a, that's an intimate kind of prayer, a level of prayer that we're not used to hearing about. We're used to hearing about petitions, petitions, wants, needs, wants, needs, wants, needs. And, you know, there is a place for all of that. God would like you to walk up to him in his presence and say, God, I need to know what I need to know. And you're ready to hear what he has to say. Is that possible? Absolutely. Because we belong to him. I can go, I'll go home here in a little while. I'm going to walk into my house. And I'm going to walk into my wife and put my arms around her. I won't do that with a neighbor woman. Because she's going to shoot me or call the police. And she should. Because we don't have a relationship. But I can go home and hug that woman. Even though I told her she had snake in her mouth here. She, she's forgave. She, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if she forgave you or not, but she is, still wants to be at the same house. God to love you with an ever
and understand you want us to walk into your house and open the refrigerator and we have a need, God. Help us, Lord, I pray. With our relationship, touch us, God. Touch us as men. Forgive us of our gigantic egos, Lord, and our eccentric ways. Help us, God, to humble ourselves before you, Lord. We're not in competition with one another, Lord, for we just love you and we want you and need you. Confess our need for you, God, in every aspect of our life. The things we think we've got so wonderfully defined, God, you've got better answers than we've ever dreamed of. And we thank you that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. We ask you to help us. Forgive us, Lord, for prayerlessness and help us, God, to know how to praise you and worship you and to pour you because we belong in a time of prayer. Bless the fellowship afterwards now. Strengthen us as men in the day that we live in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. understand the whole concept of prayer being something that can be like divinely inspired if so many people out there do it so frequently and get conflicting answers I found out from that doesn't the make place I go to church that if you're holy with the Lord and come to him that doesn't really make any sense either because the idea of deity expecting someone to like be perfect when you can't be, but or to believe in, or therefore like, or otherwise believe in deity, that that still seems disingenuous. And God, if there's a God out there, I don't think he or she would be quite so like needing of that kind of focus. Like I see the idea of wanting to better oneself. I think the idea for me, like when it comes to prayer and seeking out like wisdom and all that stuff. That's that's great, like meditation, you know, trying to focus. I get that aspect of prayer. I think I think prayer can produce some interesting results. I've had prayers answered for what it's worth, in the sense of like, t to me seeing like miracles unfold before my eyes. I've had dreams that have come true. I prayed as a Mormon for a uh, a, a break of from pouring rain from the time we got to the time we left, and it was exactly that time frame. Like, during the time that it was going on, there was literally a clear circle, a perfect sky above the, the area with pouring rain around the perimeter. Like, it's... Well, thank you for being here. Keep going, man. But, the, I mean, to assume that deity is doing that, I think, is a little presumptuous. I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just concerned with the concept of prayer uh, being a means of 
attaining understanding or blessing because to me uh, the idea of people out there all over the place praying genuinely I mean there's a lot of people who I mean maybe there's some people who don't but generally maybe that's entirely possible but genuine prayer doesn't seem like a, a means to discerning knowledge and information because so many people out there do it yet come up with so many different conflicting conclusions uh, I, we have no argument I believe exactly what you're saying. So then, what? Is, how is this any different well, to try to like? A, it's called a relationship with God. But why would God be so needy to have a relationship with that, to get to that point of wanting to have some kind of reciprocity? Like, I mean, the idea of de- I mean, I get just mere acknowledgement. I don't think is is anything to be you know, to be like proud of. I guess in the sense of like, so, I mean, I, or, or something that that deserves like reward per se. Like. I think, I mean, the, the heart in the sense of like, okay, you know, if you look at, you know, the way that you live your life and if you're, if you're constantly trying to treat others as you would want to be treated and actually follow the one great commandment, which, exactly, which actually subsumes the first great commandment, because if there is deity and if you love deity equally, you should love all beings equally. I don't see why, you know, with Christ saying we're all brothers and sisters, yet to try to, like, idolize. I think he wanted to have his cake and eat it too, or at least Paul thinks that he did, and, and that's why we were told that that's what occurred. But either way, I think it's a strange uh, presumption to make when all you're going off of is, uh, is text. And yes, there's more evidence that Jesus actually lived than, say, Alma from the Book of Mormon, but that, that doesn't mean that that someone's version of history necessarily means at all. I, I mean, talk about, you know... Joshua making the sun stand still, what about, you know, like, you know, the, the flood, uh, all these other things, the strange things that have a, supposedly occurred, but there's no evidence of that. And, and to try to, like, and try to use that as, 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 like, weight to kind of carry a message, I think, I get the idea of wanting to just get people to have some kind of place to kind of, like, go to to get strength and kind of keep going and trying to do the right thing, but to just assume that we're getting revelation from deity, I think, I, I see why people want it, but blessings are curses by omission, and curses are blessings by omission. And that's why, if, to me, if there's deity, deity would be more like the deists see deity in the sense of, like, kind of set it and let it be its own thing. Like, I don't, I don't get, like, I, I, and I'm trying, I mean, honestly, like, I love the idea of communities coming together and seeking out wisdom, but I, I don't understand that kind of focus of seeking glory, of seeking blessings, of seeking a better relationship with deity. Why, why, why do we deserve it just because we believe in deity? Like, supposedly, according to the Bible, even the, the demons believe in deity. Why does that make us any better than anyone else? And I get the whole faith with works. I think it's more like heart with, you know, putting your money where your mouth is. I see, I see the value in that. But, I mean, if you're going to have some, call, call someone on your side, if, if that's what God's looking at to do, then that would be a better gauge. I just don't so get the belief. Are you, are you pursuing God in your life? I'm pursuing understanding the world around me and trying to communicate with people and encouraging discourse and get people to get to understand and question why they believe what they believe and, mm-hmm. and to understand that you know, whether or not deity exists, we still have the great opportunity to work together and try to make heaven in the here and now, to try to actually make you know, whatever that means, try to make a, a better world for ourselves and each other. You know, like not voting by voting and voting for not Democrats or Republicans until we can finally start seeing electoral reform or something like that. You know, how about like a new minimum wage that only that, that, that politicians can earn, that are only allowed to earn and not allowed to touch any other assets for a term plus six years? How about something like that? 
That'll get us more honest politicians. I mean, we have to be proactive and not just rely on deity. You know what I mean? I understand the idea of, like, let's think about why we're here. I understand the idea of trying to, like, but, I mean, to me, it's just, like. Do you read the Bible? I've read it before. Yeah, I don't read it on a regular basis, but I've, I've read it quite a few times. The Old Testament only a couple, but New Testament numerous times. And I've read the Book of Mormon for what it's worth, and that's got a lot of wisdom in it, too, like, as much as i found sometimes in certain parts of the Bible. I mean. But then again, so does Dr. Seuss in a much more concise uh, volume. I mean, the Muppets as well are the same. You know, it's it's about trying to find some kind of, I mean, to me, practical truth, whether or not Jesus was this or Paul was that. You know, loving your neighbor will produce a good result. You know, being good onto others is going to produce a good result generally. generally you know, that's that's these are words of wisdom to live by. I think we should always try to seek out company with, with, with people seeking out trying to be communities and work together and make society a better place. But we need to think bigger than that. We need to not limit our communities. And I think a lot of churches, thankfully, are not borrowing people from entering. Some people, some do, unfortunately. And this is, this is the reality that I, this is why, for me, I'm trying to go to different communities and try to just understand their place and, uh, uh, of where they're at worshiping-wise and trying to see, like, if there are barriers in their communities, try to find out what they are and help them get past them. I mean, I'm about making my community a better place. And... You know, I for a while didn't care whether God, God lived or not, if, if there is a God or not. But I still, I still began to see the value of the community as I started going out and doing this whole cross-dressed church thing and trying to like stir discourse and trying to think about things around, you know, and, and get other people to think about things. And, and it's been working well. I mean, I've been having good relationships with new people in different communities. I've got to experience first and all. I mean, I've never been to Pentecostal, Church of Christ, Jehovah's Witness until just this past month. I'm, I'm glad that I've had the opportunity, you know, and I want to continue to do so. But I, I just want to, I don't know, I just want to help people to see that there's, you know, there's something we need to do as, as a larger community. Like, I, I, I like that communities help themselves, but we need to think about other communities through our voting, through our, our civic involvement, through our, our daily actions. If we, want to, if we really admire Christ, we need to try to actually live like that person. Idolizing him is really kind of a useless thing because if you think that he's better than you, you can never be like him. Then you're kind of painting yourself in a different corner than him. Well, getting to know him is, is to love him more. I mean, anybody that combines their but why does it need to be an excessive love? Why can't it be a respectful kind of admiration and relationship? Why is that not as sufficient? Uh... Well, I mean, it, first of all, God is God is not the source of argument. He's not the source of contention. He's so, but to be, he's to be believed in. Why? Because he's God. But that doesn't make any sense. Well, yes, it no, does. No, it, it, I mean... Yeah, it does make sense. It makes perfect sense. But why... I mean, I don't see the value in belief being the prerequisite of having some kind of value. I mean, like, I, I get, like... The, I get the value of... When, okay, if you believe in God, then you, you may be more likely to think that there's some kind of order thing to things, and like a, a larger cosmic order. And if that's the case, you're more likely to kind of be wanting to fit into that cosmic order and wanting to do the kinds of things that might put you in that kind of position. I get the idea of... You know, religion, a relationship with God, developing the kind of being that you want to be. But whether or not that there is something behind that curtain, if you attain a, a better stature in your life in the sense of, like, being, being like, more helpful, loving, and just thoughtful generally, and, and these, these kind of good principles that Christianity and Buddhism and all these other religions are, are, are espousing, then, then you happen to just be like a good, like as good as you could be, and, and you made a better, you contributed to a better society. I mean, that's if there's a God, that God will be glad that you did that. That God's not going to care whether you believed in Him or her or not. 
that God's going to be like, cool, you, 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 whether or not I was or wasn't there, you still decided to do what I somehow communicated to my imperfect vessels and still got this per- perfectly imperfect message out there because it is imperfect. I mean, Paul contradicts Jesus by talking about that if you're not of our church, then you're, I mean, he, he, gets, he gets down, well, supposedly he. I mean, some of the epistles, some at least apocryphal ones, people, you know, it says it was written by Paul, but it was, people used Paul as a pseudonym because that, it carried weight. I mean, that's, that's the problem with Council on Nicene and the ideas of, of relying on the, I mean, maybe the idea of the Trinity as it was conceived in Council on Nicene is true. Maybe it isn't. It doesn't really, in the end, does it really make a difference in our lives? To still worry about the nature of God and whether, whether we are, uh, you know, descendants of some anthropomorphized being or not. What if we are just part of some collective cosmic co- co-op or something? Like we're trying to, you know, I mean. Well, I happen to believe you've got to seek God to find him. You've got to believe that he is. If you don't have any faith that he is. But I'm letting you know that, I, that I, you, can, you can still have the value of God without belief. And that should be something that you should be included in your message. If you want to include other people who f- to feel welcome. I mean, I can see the value of encouraging belief as a way to kind of attain a better kind of standing in your own life. You know, a better way to guide you on a path if you focus on something that is. I mean, whether God exists or not, the, the practical value of belief in that sense is that you are striving towards something better. Great. That's that's nice. I like that. But I need to take some water. And again, sorry, yeah, I don't mean to delay you. Dylan. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I look forward to coming back again and joining your services. Thanks. Uh, oh, this one over here? Oh, that's all. No, no. See ya. See ya. How's it going? Yeah. Eric. Oh, Eric. Yes. Eric Doug. Take care. Have a good one. Uh, Howard. Take care, man. Tell Rock I said later. Proceeding was a recording of one of my experiences while cross-dressing to religious meeting houses. If you like what you heard, feel free to give whatever you can at http colon forward slash forward slash e Amazon Michael K-U-L-I-C-K dot wordpress dot com forward slash about. Thanks for listening. Maybe I'll see you at church.